0: Hello, this is Sharon Steitler, the Bird Chick, and I am here with Non-Birding Bill. Hello. And it is our goal to podcast, and we have to podcast because Patreons. Ferda. Yep. If you're listening to this and you're not a Patreon member, thank one of our Patreon members because... This has been a hella crazy week, and this would also be the week where I'd be like, oh, this just not a podcast this week. But no, we, we have to podcast we have because to podcast. we have made a commitment. And the Patreons. And if any of you <laughs> out there are uh, Letterkenny fans, you know what I'm saying. Okay. And if any of you are not watching Letterkenny, you need to watch it. Get on it. <laughs> Pitter-patter.
1: Get <at> <laughs> uh, It's on Hulu. It's a very funny show. Uh, I even night.
0: watched an episode last night that had birding references in it. Yep. The Canada Gooses.
1: The Mighty Canada Gooses? Are the you going to start saying that now?
0: Canada, I actually probably am. All right. I, I'd rather that than people saying Canadian
1: geese. Right.
0: But I feel like I can get away with Canadian gooses.
1: <laughs> it's a very good show. It is. The... on Hulu in America.
0: And I think you can watch some episodes on YouTube.
1: Well, it started as a uh, YouTube... It started as a web series called Letter Kenny Problems, and then it was picked up by... Whatever Canadian channel it was picked up as, so yeah.
0: So and but
1: it's out there; you can see it. There's clips everywhere. If you've seen the clips of people saying "to be fair" over and over, to again, be fair, that's, that's the show it's from.
0: Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll put a, a link to the uh, steak discussion. Oh, in sure. Because this, this, that's uh, that's, one. that's one. And so we were actually talking about it at the last Birds and Beers. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, "What was that cooking show you posted the other day?" I was like, "That's not a cooking show. That's Letter Kenny." Right. I'm Like what? And uh, that just kind of gives you what it is. And I think I forget where I read it, but the description is. Canadian Hick
1: Shakespeare. Uh, no, that was uh, somebody's uh, description, Somebody comment when some, a friend showed them the clip and was like, what is this, Canadian Hillbilly Shakespeare? Oh, okay, yeah. is, Which I think is a very apt uh, description of the show. It's a very, very good show. You
0: may want to watch the first couple episodes with subtitles because they can talk kind of fast for Canadians. It's
1: a very fast talking show.
0: And they've got a lot of good wordplay and metaphor in sure. there. But oh. uh, no, it's, it's a great show and people, it is going to be all the rage before the end of the year. I don't know
1: that... The subtitles will help, especially with the hockey players, because the hockey players are s- literally saying words that don't make any sense for the most part. Wheel snipe, selly boys. That's not, they're saying wheel, snipe, selly, celly, C E L L Y, boys. Okay. Wheel snipe, selly boys.
0: Well, I mean, like, some of the stuff.
1: <clears throat> you can pick it up from context, but, like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it took me a while to figure out what Furta was. Sure. And then I actually, okay, I may have been the old lady and had to kind of Google. Oh, sure. I'm still trying to figure out Yeet. Right. I that word is just used in so many different ways and I keep kind of googling it. It's like how are the youths using this? <laughs> yes, I know I just said youths.
1: Yeah. All right, do we have some actual birding news to talk about? We
0: do. We do. And it's controversy and it's ah, there's so much controversy out there. Ah. Um so there's a man who has a TV show and his name's Jason Ward and it's uh it's a YouTube show and it's called Birds of North America. And he's done some really interesting things, like he went out with a Feminist Bird Club at Central Park. He covers the warblers that you see in Central Park. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his latest episode was he went to go look for the Great Black Hawk in Texas. The other thing that is exciting about this is that it's a person of color doing this show. Mm. And so it's 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 a good show, well-produced. You know, the episodes aren't super long, but it's it's a great YouTube show. I haven't watched necessarily every single episode because it's like, I want to watch this to be supportive, but I also like, I don't need to watch this because right. I know that information already. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I'll, I'll scan it. Well, apparently Rolling Stone has come out with something called Birding with Charles. <laughs> that okay. also features a, a person of color okay. that's going out birding. And he's going out birding with a rapper, Valley. And he was like a Kanye West protege. Okay, And it's just, it's all like. Okay, you know, I think I've made jokes in the past that we need to get the Kardashians or Kanye West into birding, sure. and that'll make it more mainstream. And so I, I tried watching a, a minute of it. And mm-hmm. you know, they show Robin and Valley's like, Oh, what's that thing with the orange breast over there? And he's like, and the Charles, who's supposed to be, you know, this hardcore mm-hmm. birder is like, that's ah, Robin, we don't care about those. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but if you're taking someone new out birding and they're noticing a bird, okay, okay. And then the narrator says, today, they're going to go look for the Mandarin duck of Central Park. And I'm just like, okay, I'm out. You cannot tell me that you're a serious hardcore birder and you're going to go fucking look for that stupid ass Mandarin duck in Central Park.
1: Well, I wouldn't lay that on the bird watcher. That sounds like somebody pitched a show to him.
0: It sounds like terrible reality TV. It sounds like yeah. the, the, the reality so TV I show I was in.
1: Obviously, I don't know what this guy's credentials are. He probably is a serious bird. But it's like, it would be a cool bird for somebody who doesn't know birds Well, oh, Mandarin duck. I mean, that's a super easy thing that I know we're going to see.
0: But if he's going to be all, like, <laughs> high and mighty about an American robin. I honestly, <laughs> I watched just a couple minutes of it before we started the podcast. Sure. And I'm like, I can't tell if Rolling Stone is trolling. Right. Or trying to be serious.
1: Right. I think that this is a show for people who are not birders.
0: I think it might Well, I think Jason Ward's show is for people who
1: are not birders.
0: I think he's doing a good job of introducing approachable cool
1: species. No, you're talking about you're talking about two different things. You're talking about beginning birders versus non-birders. You're talking about like if you want to learn how to be, you know, an insightful bird watcher and stuff. Here's the thing. If you want to know what that interesting bird was, if you want to see if you want to see a famous person who doesn't go bird watching, go bird watching. That's what that is.
0: Yeah, but you know, when he's the the, the famous person who's not a birder sees a robin and looks at like, yeah, we don't care about that. That's not how you introduce people to birds. The only time that is remotely acceptable is if it's a bald eagle. <laughs> Anyway, so two shows. So I think we should be grateful that we're getting more people of color in birding. Sure, that is that is definitely. These are goal. not shows
1: for the same audience. But this I'm just was... Rolling Rolling Stone is not going to produce a nature show. This is going to be a show about a celebrity like seeing something interesting.
0: Yeah, but the mandarin duck.
1: Stupid. Didn't you try to go see a mandarin duck last year? Wasn't there one in Minnesota? No. Oh, for some reason I, I have seen there was. mandarin
0: ducks in other countries. Right. The mandarin ducks here—they're just pretty much. <clears throat> escapees at this point. Um,
1: It's still a cool-looking bird. It
0: is a cool-looking bird, but you can't be all high and mighty and just be like, oh, we don't care about robins. But hey, let's go look for this non countable Mandarin duck. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, God. So, speaking of eagles, so for my job, I produce uh, a murder mystery show for the National Park Service. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so this company called Fearless Comedy will write a show specifically for our park and either incorporate... History of our section of the Mississippi River or the National Park Service. And then we go out on a riverboat and you have to Mm -hmm. solve the mystery and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, It's really a good time. And people walk around and interact. And I'm there in uniform as a hostess. And also, I just, like, point out stuff like, hey, there's a beaver or, hey, there's a bald eagle and this, that, and the other. And, uh... Last night, we had a bald eagle coming up close, and that is my job as a ranger, to point out the obligatory bald eagle. And that's exactly what I say, too. And so I just kind of went to the front of the boat where there was a large crowd. Mm-hmm. And the actors weren't performing. They were interacting with people, but it wasn't one of the scenes. And I was like, hey, everybody. We have a bald eagle coming up here on the left-hand side at the top of the power pole. And these three ladies who were very into the show and trying to talk to one of the actors were like, Nobody cares! They're yeah. all over the river! We're trying to figure out the fucking murderer."
1: show was not all they were into
0: no when they (laughs) boarded the boat they're like which deck do the do the attractive men sit on (laughs) i said the second
1: yeah i think they've been pre-gaming the show a little bit
0: yeah, yeah. They. It was a very.
1: Uh, it was a br- jolly crowd. Let me say.
0: That's fine. People had a great time. Oh. I want people to come on my murder mysteries and
1: uh, <laughs> really enjoy it.
0: They and and they did enjoy it and they had a great time. But what? Yeah, there was another. There was another one too where people were just. I was like, wow, I've not seen so much hate for a bald eagle before. Oh, <laughs> the other thing that happened was um, the pilot house is up on the very tip top of the boat and. Mm-hmm. We're really lucky that the captain of this boat really likes this program, and he mm. will let people come up and visit him in the pilot house. Sure. He's super cool, Captain Deck. And um, so I'm downstairs, and all of a sudden I hear a page. Sharon to the pilot house, Sharon to the pilot house. I've never been page to the pilot sure. house. And so I'm just like, oh, man, what's going on? What do I need to know? So I'm running up there. He's like, what's that bird?
1: <laughs> oh, what's the bird? It was an osprey.
0: Oh, that's cool. It was just at a an odd angle. I mean, he knows Osprey. Right, okay, right, right, right. So anyway, I just thought it was hilarious at the pilot house. Like, I need a ranger up here. Identify this bird. <laughs> well, then I, and also people kept hearing like this loud chirping sound. I'm like, what am I hearing? I was like, oh, that spotted sandpiper. And mm-hmm. it also just amazes me that I'm to the point now in my birding that I can identify some shorebirds by sound.
1: Especially from a paddle boat in the middle of the river.
0: Yeah, when the paddle boat is just like, Rrr, Rrr. yeah. What do you think of murder on the Mississippi?
1: Oh, it's fine. I don't really pay attention to the show. Although, I mean, I, I know most of these actors, mm-hmm. but I don't, like, uh, I don't want to throw them off and I don't want to get in the way of other people who are enjoying the show. And it's weird for me to be around my friends and be able to talk to them, but not be able to talk to them. Oh, sure. Uh, but it seemed like everybody was having a lot of fun. You know, everybody was, you know, uh, yeah, it was, It's. it was, the parts of the show that I caught seemed very cool. The actors, so they have, basically, they have set pieces that they have to do. Mm-hmm. So, because I saw the stage manager's chart, and it's like this actor needs to be in this area at this time to have a conversation with this person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and between that, they can just talk to the audience, yeah. and the character, and like try to give them clues and answer their questions. And stuff. Yeah. so it's a really well structured show.
0: Yeah, no, they they do they do just a really amazing job, and we have this pack of kids that have come for like the last three mm-hmm. shows, and and These so kids this yeah, and they're really into it, and and they have mm-hmm. their strategy with each other as well as and yeah, so. We, we structured it a little differently, because normally we have a scene before people get on the boat, mm-hmm. and this time we decided just for crowd control, it's just easier to get everybody right. on the boat and start it there. And the kids were like, got on the boat, and they're like, wait, there was no scene upstairs. Have we missed something? What's happening? Where, are they go- Where do we need to go? And I was like, just look for the people with the microphones, and just, just start interacting with them. Okay. Yeah. And the best part was, standing behind some of them, and after they'd been <laughs> interacting with one of the actors, and they're like taking notes, and I saw like the, the smallest kid just write in big block letters, Cole. <laughs> above the character's name <laughs> all right so speaking of culprits there i've recently seen a lot of haterade for black vultures online and oh, some of the okay. what's this bird form and they're just like insisting that black vultures are eating my cats and eating you know all the livestock and i'm like they're vultures for they vultures they eat dead things carrion and so here we have in uh the courier journal what i believe is based out of kentucky uh, talking about black vultures are roosting in Kentucky and eating animals alive. Uh, and they just go on and on about that the farmers are losing 300,000 to 500,000 worth of livestock to these native vultures, according to Joe Kane, Commodity Division Director for the Kentucky Farm Bureau. And he's like, with a vulture, it's like someone came along with a skinning knife. And I'm just like thinking, but, but, but black right. vultures, they can't really skin, right. they I mean... When they go, they they need something bigger to rip open a carcass, right. yep. and if nothing bigger is around, and they have start, they might start with the eyes or the the anus. Right. But I'm just trying to figure this out. So I, I was I, I went into my trusty uh, Birds of North America online, which is a great resource from Cornell Level of Ornithology, but. says most food eaten is carrion, but black vultures occasionally attack and kill domestic stock, including newborn pigs, Mm. lambs, and calves. In addition, may catch and eat young night herons, striped skunks, and opossums. Hatchling leatherback turtles. I've never heard of any of this. Small fish. Individuals attack small prey, but attacks on larger animals made by groups of birds. Large prey torn apart while still alive. Black vultures also eat vegetable material and dung. I'm so confused.
1: Right, well, that's interesting. It's something we didn't know.
0: No, no, no. So I'm so now I'm beginning to wonder, it's like, how much is this actually black vultures eating it? Now, of course, all the stuff that they have going along with the article, it's like, there's a turkey vulture photo, number one. Right. Uh, and number two, uh, they have a black vulture ripping something apart, but it's clearly like a dead bloated armadillo.
1: Right. Yeah, it sounds like something we need to get like a biologist- uh, an ornithologist involved with to find out because obviously you see the dead thing there and you see a vulture on top of it
0: yeah you think, yeah
1: oh that bird killed that thing
0: yeah and it's like but that was alive last night and Now it's not alive so clearly the vulture did it when so it could have been any number fox of things or yeah. you know yeah an
1: owl or something like that yeah coyote but you see the vulture because they're there during the day they don't give a fuck
0: yeah Oh, uh, somebody on Facebook, maybe it was one of the next door pages, but uh, somebody had a picture of a bald eagle taking off with a long-haired dachshund. Oof, I'm so
1: sorry for that person.
0: Yeah. Pets under 10 pounds, people. Take care of them. Take care of them. Um, Oh, piping plovers are in the news. Okay. Um, so piping plovers are having kind of a banner summer for breeding. Super tiny, cute shorebirds. Right. Kind of like, like beige. Yep. Uh, they nest on the ground. Uh, and usually in places where they nest, uh, local organizations will try to close off the nesting area. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, your dog doesn't eat the babies or, you know, you don't trample the nest inadvertently. Sure. So Maine apparently is having a banner year for it. Uh, Fire Island is having more birds than usual, and they're attributing it to some of the habitat changes that happened after Hurricane Sandy. Mm. Uh, but also there's been concerts like Sandy Hook uh, canceled a summer concert series after a Piping Plover Nest was discovered. And in Chicago, there's a music festival that wants to apply for a permit uh, and Chicago Audubon is trying to stop it.
1: I think I heard about that one, yeah.
0: We may have talked about that one a little bit. But no, it's just fascinating to me now that uh, piping plovers, which is a bird that a lot of people don't notice, but now that people can actually see pictures of them on the internet and see how cute they are, Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, they don't want them to go away. But so, so here's what happened. In June of 2019, a pair of federally endangered piping plovers made several nests and laid eggs on the beach. The birds recognize that we ask the park district to recognize as well that the mm-hmm. primary importance of the site is that it's beach habitat, home to rare and endangered plants and animals. Um, so in Montrose Beach in Chicago, uh, they have a pair, and this is one of only 70 pairs along the Great Lakes. Uh, they established a net- nest, which volunteers are guarding in shifts during daylight hours. But I really think they should have volunteers there at night, because, you know, if someone really didn't like those plovers, right. they would go and fuck shit up then. Uh, their first set of eggs was removed for... Off-site incubation due to imminent flooding, and then, as this uh, as of this writing, they are attempting to renest nest on higher ground the female has laid a fourth egg. Oh, wow. So the po- plovers are still there. So a music festival, Manby on the Beach, has applied for a permit to bring in tens of thousand people to the beach uh, next to the park in late August, which, depending on how incubation goes, there could be young piping plovers still running around, and because we all know people don't stay in the designated public areas, they're going to run amok, especially if they're drunk at a music festival, right. uh, that that could endanger it. So it's interesting to see this. The There's a petition, we'll link to it, but it's interesting to see that these super little tiny birds are kind of uh, getting into the music festival. I shouldn't say business. No, but... they're
1: not getting into the musical. F- they're not promoting the festival.
0: But uh, no, they're...
1: Uh... Well, this gets into the issue that we always get into with conservation, that you want to uh, preserve the habitat, and you want to preserve these animals and stuff, but it gets in the way of business. And so now there are, you know, music. Is this a new, new music festival?
0: I don't know. I'm not a musical festival person. Well, I'm just
1: saying, like, if it's a new music festival, that's one thing. But if it was, like, an established festival that couldn't happen because of this bird, there would be tens of thousands of people pissed off. Because who gives a crap about this, you know, bird. And the other thing is, like, okay, at what point does this bird become reestablished to the point where they don't maybe necessarily need these protections anymore? Which is another issue, as we've discussed. Is mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. there are people...
0: I wouldn't say piping conser- plovers are anywhere near that.
1: People who are conservationists, that once a bird is reestablished they don't want it to lose those protections yeah uh eagles i think are i don't want to say they're common but i don't think eagles are endangered anymore. oh e- eagles right. are not
0: endangered no no but no. there
1: are people who fight to protect eagle habitat because that's what's important to them
0: well it, yeah
1: so but good i'm glad to hear that they are having something of a rebound finally a little bit of good news in terms of nature
0: yeah yeah no i'm looking at i'm seeing pictures Mambi has clearly happened before Okay. Uh whether it's at the same beach. I don't know. I'm not in Chicago, but Yeah, it's just fascinating to me that a tiny bird like the piping plover is uh getting in there and birders have a problem with that, and so maybe those festival organizers should marinate on that. <laughs> right. I think that's all the news I have.
1: Oh wow. This is gonna be a s sh- this is be- we've been talking for like eighteen minutes. This oh no, we gotta short. have
0: a longer one than that. It's It's a public podcast. You know, the problem is, is that we're recording this in the morning over coffee and not at night over drinks.
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's see what I can talk about uh, stuff there I've been enjoying on my daily commute to work. There is a, uh, it's still there. There was a bald eagle that I first saw, like an adult bald eagle. Oh, so you saw the the eagle. I did see the eagle. And I saw it at the beginning at the very beginning of spring when it was, you know still winter and it was like, Oh that guy must be passing through and I still see him hanging around. But of course it's the lake, so that would be, you know, a good habitat for him. It's just not always nice to see a, you know, an eagle soaring over the highway.
0: Yeah. Uh one of the reasons why this podcast has been tricky this week is um, so a thing happened to the government way back in January mm-hmm. that uh, affected my ability to plan my my work. So anyway, in April, we're kind of scrambling to to catch up on things and get ready for the summer season and you know, you make we'll start all this that?
1: you got your you got your new visitor center reopened.
0: Yeah, but that's that's what I'm getting to. But no, this week I, I I just feel like I cannot keep up with any of my commitments and responsibilities. Right. And like, instead of like being on top of things and solving problems, I'm just putting out fires still. Right. And and I was like, why do I feel I feel like I'm not doing my job as as well as I do? And then I started looking at all the programs I've done since June first. Not only that I've done, but I've helped other people put on mm-hmm. in the park. I'm like, holy shit, I've done a lot of stuff. And like this week, so Sunday I had a canoe program on the Mississippi. Uh, Last night I was on a riverboat. Tonight, if we don't get severe storms, I'm going to be taking people kayaking to a heron rookery. And it just you know, and that's just in the the last five days. I'm like, sure. oh, so yeah, I've got.
1: To- so Saint Anthony Falls has reopened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you want to talk about that?
0: No, I was actually going to talk about my canoe paddle. Oh, okay,
1: talk about the canoe paddle because
0: there's it's not really birdie at Saint Anthony Falls. You can even learn about Still. flour milling and the disastrous <laughs> Eastman Tunnel that almost destroyed the city of Minneapolis. All right, we'll talk about your paddle. But no, so a program I've been experimenting with with the Park Service is we take people out in canoes, and I take them to a spot in Minnesota that's super reliable for prothonotary warbler. We have at least 12 birds uh, on nesting territory. And and so non-birders kind of come along, so it's like, oh, okay, golden swamp warbler, that sounds like a fun thing to do, but I also want to go, because we paddle through a floodplain forest. So Sunday there was rain, and I thought, I'm just going to show up. Worst case scenario, we may have to like hold off on paddling. So I'm watching the, the radar, I'm watching the radar, and so I told everybody, I was like, look, if we hustle right now and get on the river, we can get out. And we can, we can do some paddling. And I think we can do the two-hour window. So we get everybody in. We're all in our canoes. We get going. Immediately get a prothonotary warbler. And, I mean, get people on it. Uh, we get to a second one. It's a male and female. And they're carrying out the poop sacks. I mean, it, it, it's great. And, like, even there was a woman who'd been, like, busy taking pictures. And I was, so I was getting ready to move us on. And I was like, has everybody seen the prothonotary warbler? And she's like, actually, I really have not seen it yet. And I was like, okay, we're going to stay here at this nest cavity. Just, just look at the hole. Don't leave the hole. Just aim your binoculars right. at the hole. And, you know, you will see the. And she did, and she was happy. Then we got a freaking cuckoo. Yellow-billed cuckoo. Oh, wow. And I'm freaking out, because the cuckoo is out in the open, and it's foraging on mm-hmm. caterpillars, and it's, like, staying there, and everybody can get a mm-hmm. look at it. And, they're like, and I, I'm pointing it out, and I can tell... A lot of these people aren't birders, and it's like, okay, yeah, we saw that bird, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. You do not get to see cuckoos like this. This is not, you hear them more often than you see them, so anyway, got a good shot of that. So then we kind of get to this point in the floodplain forest where the water has started going down, and I'm thinking, oh, we could probably, like, work our way through this. It would take some time, because we'll probably get stuck in a couple spots, but we can do this. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to, like, open my weather app real quick. (laughs) Giant red blob coming right at us. So I looked at my sweep, and I was like, hey, Will we got to hightail it back now. So we're just like, go on as fast as we can. And I get everybody uh, back to shore just in time. They're all getting in their cars, and this downpour happens. But then we have to put the canoes back on the trailer. I was soaked to the bone. I was so (laughs) soaked that I put a tarp down in the seat Mm -hmm. for the drive back. And when I got out of the seat, there was a puddle (laughs) in the
1: tarp. Oh, no. So, So.
0: But, yeah, it was a good time. So. Yeah. And then tonight, you know, if it doesn't storm, I'll get people vomited on by herons.
1: Great, always a good time. Everybody
0: loves to be vomited on by herons.
1: I don't. Uh, but yeah, so you got the you got the you got the how do you refer to that the alternate park visitor center.
0: Oh, the Anthony. St. Anthony. That's our seasonal one that we operate seasonal, with, with in that's conjunction it. with the Army Corps of Engineers. Sure. So they own the site, and mm-hmm. then we staff the visitor center portion of it and so yeah it's the uppermost lock on the mississippi river uh it is also the biggest change in elevation on the mississippi at 49 and a half feet the lock is no longer open to navigation it was closed by an act of congress in june of 2015 yeah
1: but, like, it's just a cool place to, like, go. So, I mean, it's, like, a view you don't, I mean, it's normal. It's a government site. So, normally, you don't get to go there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't just let, we, you, there have to, has to be a federal employee on site. Mm-hmm. And, as a matter of fact, Saturday night, we're going to be open late for Sunset on the Lock. And I'm going to mm-hmm. be there with my scope. Doing some digimiscoping.
1: That's a cool thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the marketing person for that was like, okay, so digiscoping, and I was like, just call it smartphone photography tips from Ranger Sharon. Don't don't. No one knows what digiscoping
1: is. But it's a cool thing. I mean, it's a little scary. You're walking over these, you know, gated uh, bridges. Yeah. Gated bridges that have like you know the their. Trying to think how to describe it. it's basically just like there's parts of most of it is stone, but parts of it are just like crisscross metal netting and you can see right down. And you think you know
0: Yeah, the, well there are two miter gates that you can cross and mm-hmm. one is um yeah, one's only like maybe 10, 15 mm-hmm. feet, but the other one is yeah, yeah, you are like
1: fifty feet above the Mississippi River. Yeah, brightening. Yeah. yeah, but it's, it's cool and you just go cool. out there and you see all the water like rushing over the mm-hmm. the falls. It's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh it's one of my favorite things to work at in the summer. So
1: yeah. is it open daily now?
0: It's open daily through Labor Day, and then we'll be open on weekends in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have free tours at eleven a.m. and three p.m., and then there's an open house from twelve p.m. to two p.m. Tours are first come, first serve.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. I think people should do that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what are the programs you have coming up this summer?
0: Um. Oh, I know something we can talk about. Um. So at Convergence next week. Mm. Uh, my play, Pounded in the Tingle, based on the works of Chuck Tingle, is going to be performed. So if you're going to be there, uh, say hi. Uh, The thing that makes this, I I don't think Convergence is ever going to top this year for me because Chuck Tingle is making an appearance. Now, this is a bit of, no one knows for sure what's going to happen because no one knows Chuck Tingle's true identity. Is this going to be the actual Chuck with a dinosaur head over his face? Or is this going to be an actor that, the chuck tingle collective has hired uh the thing i found hilarious was uh there's there's a there's a group that i'm on and i was on facebook and i was cruising it and and someone's like okay in all seriousness who is chuck tingle really i'm like the number two pick (laughs) for who is actually chuck tingle which i i think is hilarious i was like if i was really chuck tingle Would I adapt my own play? (laughs) I mean, my my own works. And would I put my, I would, no, but I love that. But it's also been funny with the convention, questions that I've been getting saying, Mm. hey, we wanted to do this. And we were wondering if we, if you could give us any help or insight. And I was like, I would just email, you know, Chuck at ChuckTingle.com. And it's like, well, we thought maybe you might have some more insight onto this. And I'm like, I can loan you a butt puppet. And that's about (laughs) it. Amazing. Anyway, and if you're new to this podcast and you don't know who Chuck Tingle is.
1: Google it at work.
0: No, do not Google it at work. Do not. Do not Google it at work. Maybe go into incognito Go into mode. the
1: conference room. Turn on the big screen TV. No. Hook up your computer. No. Go to Google Image Search.
0: No. No. Go into incognito mode. That was my
1: suggestion last night for next year's um, Mississippi show. Chuck Chuck Tingle on the Mississippi.
0: Uh, No, it was pounded in the Mississippi, I think, is what you had suggested (laughs) to me. And I was like, you need to cut it out because I'm in uniform. Can't talk about that right now. Everybody else
1: thought it was a great idea. I do like the people who wanted
0: to keep it a mystery. It's like, well, who's going to end up together? All
1: right. I think uh, this is just going to be a short episode. It's been a hell of a week, Uh, patrons. Uh,
0: well, this is the, the the free podcast. This
1: is the free podcast. But uh, thank you for everyone for supporting the show. And uh, Firda. for the patrons. Uh, and we'll be back. So uh, take care. Bye bye. Fruita.
0: Patrons, boys. Oh, if you have
1: any questions for Sharon, you can hit her up on Twitter. She is at birdchick. You can email her Sharon at birdchick.com. Uh, she is also on Facebook. And yes. you are the bir- the real bird chick.
0: No, it's like the bird chick because a face right. water yeah, yeah, bird sure. chick.
1: Yeah. All right. So take care, everybody. Bye bye.